Here's the truth. If you want to start a business, then start a business. You can't afford to wait until you're not afraid. Your current lack of money is not your biggest problem. And there's no such thing as the perfect timing. The only thing stopping your business is you. You just have to start. Don't overthink it. Just start. All right, so welcome back. I am super excited. I feel like I'm always saying that I'm super excited, but I am. I actually really, really love podcasting. But uh, today I'm actually going to go over how to build a business around your entrepreneur type. And this is something I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about. And in fact, I actually created a quiz for this purpose because when I was first starting out into entrepreneurship, I realized I was polar opposite of my honey. (laughs) I call him my honey. That's what I called him. But um, just completely opposite of my husband. And at the time, my husband and a couple other people uh, were the only people I knew in entrepreneurships. I didn't really have a big network of uh, entrepreneurs that I could talk to. But of the ones that I knew, I knew that their entrepreneurship type were different. So for an example, um, my husband is a do it now and figure the rest out later type of person. And I have questions before I jump in, I need to know where I'm going. How much money is it going to take? How long is it going to take me? What sacrifices am am I going to have to make? So I have questions and my husband's just like, are those questions going to really make a difference in what what I'm going to do right now. And for him, it's always no, like, I know I'm going to do this. I know I want to do this. I'll figure the rest out later. And neither one of those ways are wrong. However, building a business around, you know, how you make decisions, building it around, you know, what it is that you actually do um, and what you're great at and what you're not so great at is very important. And that's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to dive into it. So first, let me talk about the different types of entrepreneurs and this is specific to how we kind of differentiate between them at ASM. So first we have the doer which is my husband. Okay so a doer is all in they're high risk takers they know how to get things done and they have a great work ethic. Typically they're kind of free spirited right? Now the downside of being a doer is you lack planning you really don't have structure. It's difficult to think long term because you're always thinking of your next move, but you don't really know how to align your moves in a strategic way that benefits the long term picture. Um, and then obviously you you lack implementing strategy. So to sum it up pretty quickly, the doer can get things done, but sometimes they take the longer route to getting things done because they aren't being strategic. Okay. All right. So then we hop into the analyzer. So I am what we consider an analyzer. And with being an analyzer, I'm an overthinker. I analyze everything. I plan very well. Um, With being an analyzer, I don't really care for surprises because I like to be in control. Um, I'm very data driven. So numbers speak loud to me. And as far as being a risk taker, I would say that we are 
um, mid-range, but more so on the lower ends because we like calculated risk. And one of the things with risk is, you know, you don't really know how things are going to pan out, which is why it's considered a risk. So that part sits, it's very uncomfortable for me as an analyzer and for other analyzers. Well, then we have the creator. The creator is the artistic, uh, creative side. They love to create new things and new products. Typically a creator, they dominate on social media. They dominate with creating profitable content, content that will make your audience stop their scroll to actually consume it. They really are into the whole design thing. They always have a genius idea. And like I said, they're ready to create, whether that's creating products, uh, content, or even creating new opportunities. They're always ready to go. That's the part that's super fun. It's a thrill for them. Now, with the the area of improvement, um, typically they like to kind of stay in their box. They really like to stay in that wheelhouse of creating and once as an entrepreneur, once you create something, you have to kind of go into the test phase, which is where the data analyzer comes into play. Um, but the creator don't really like to go to that step. They like to create and then send it off and then they want to create something else, right? They just really love to stay in that artistic field. And then we have the dreamer. The dreamer is the visionary. They dare to dream. Uh, they dream without limits, which is very, very important in entrepreneurship. They can picture the life they want, creative vision boards. They do affirmations, doodling, and they have several things listed that they want to get started. The thing with the dreamer, though, is they get so caught up in all of these big dreams and what they want to do and manifesting and creating vision boards that typically the dreaming keeps them out of reality. It's okay to have big dreams. In fact, it's encouraged. But without actually taking action like the doer, then you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to actually build a business. So as we've kind of explained the different roles and the different types of entrepreneurs, and a little bit about where they lack, right? So the analyzer, which is who I am, we get stuck in um, analysis paralysis, where it's just like, I just want to look at the data. I just want to do all the research. I need to make sure that I'm making the right decision. Um, eventually, you just got to trust your gut. There's some intuition that comes into place with entrepreneurships. There's some chances you have to make and some investments you have to make without really knowing the full picture until afterwards. So in order to create a dominant team, a team that dominates in, in all areas, a team that's very well balanced and that would work well together, you need every one of these entrepreneur types on your team. So even if the doer is not an entrepreneur, you actually hire this person, you still need the qualities and the characteristics of the doer. Right. So, for instance, with me being an analyzer, I need I need a doer. You know, here's the numbers. This is what it's telling us. I need someone to go out there and do it. I need a dreamer. I need someone to, like, help me paint the bigger picture that help me look long term. Now, you can have a dominant characteristics as well as um, like a submissive one. So, for instance, for me personally, I am 
a combination. So my um, being an analyzer, that definitely is my dominant entrepreneur type. But my submissive is a dreamer. I do pretty well with, you know, creating a vision, my vision boards and uh, thinking long term and then reverse engineering that and then looking at the data to help me get there. I do pretty well with that. However, being a creator I am terrible at. So I would definitely 100% have to get a creator on my team. Doer, I am good, but I could definitely improve because I really like the studying part of business. I really like um, looking into the new tactics and what's the latest strategy and looking at the numbers to see what is it telling us. So I really, really spend a lot of my time doing that stuff. So sometimes I need to have a doer where once I've done the research, once I've created that strategy, once I know the vision that the company is going, I can kind of delegate out tasks to make sure that we're on our way. So when it comes to building a business, that's the first thing that I feel you should do is really, really figure out what your entrepreneur type is. And the reason this is so important is because you understand your strengths when you understand your entrepreneur type. Your strengths as a CEO, as a business owner, is where you want to triple down. You want to spend as much time in your area of genius because that is where you're going to most benefit your company. The second reason why it's so important is because by knowing what you're not good at, knowing where your areas of improvement is, it allows you to delegate that out to the rest of your team because it doesn't make sense for you to spend time. So for instance, let's use me as an example. It does not make sense for me to create content, spending more time doing something because I genuinely do not enjoy it. I'm not good at it. So why would I spend time creating stuff when in fact, I'm great at research, I'm great at pulling the numbers together, and even more so, being able to analyze what the numbers are telling me. I can look at data and get something from it different than what my clients would get out of looking at their numbers. So for me, that's my area of expertise. Why would I give up research and looking at Dallas, Dallas, looking at data and running an analysis than for creating content? It just doesn't make sense for me, right? So... By knowing our entrepreneur types, we can identify our strengths so we can triple down on it, but we can also identify what our pain points are and our potential pain points. That way, we can plan ahead and kind of delegate and find people to fulfill the areas that we just really don't need to be in. Now, take this with a grain of salt. As you are starting your business, you are going to be a solopreneur more than likely, which means that you are the doer, you are the analyzer, you are the creator, you are the dreamer. And that's fine because honestly, you're going to need to um, figure out how you want things done in your business, figure out what the job descriptions are, who's responsible for what, create SOPs, create training, and then... And at that point, you're you're ready to delegate, okay? So I'm not saying when you start a business, you have to have all these people on your team. Just know what they are and know that you need to hire these different roles out, especially the one that's opposite of you. Two, another way that you need to build your business around your entrepreneur type is know your motive, Okay, know your motive of why you're getting into entrepreneurship. And this is different for everybody. And let me be clear, 
I don't want you to pinpoint your why. That's very, very important. I want you to keep that personal. But this, I'm not really talking about your why. So for instance, my why of starting a business was because of my kids. I have three beautiful girls and I want them to know that they can do whatever they want to do in this world. The reason that I became an entrepreneur is because I fell in love with business. I worked in the pharmaceutical world. I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted more fulfillment and what I did. I wanted more control in what I did. So I went into entrepreneurship to kind of create that reality for me, as well as create a new perspective for my children. That's my why. However, my motive, right? My motive was money. I wanted to stop trading my time for money, but it was also needing to be fulfilled, I've, I worked in project management for six years and never experienced what I experienced when I work with my clients. Even when I'm doing the things I don't like creating content, even when I'm doing those things, you know, I know that there's a purpose behind it. I'm, I'm in tune with that purpose. Based off of my research, I know what this could do for someone else, right? So I needed fulfillment. And honestly, fulfillment came before money. But I'm I'm smart enough to know that you can't really run and build a business without the money. So that's also very important. So first, understand your entrepreneur type. Again, I'm going to link um, the link to our entrepreneur quiz uh, below. Make sure you take that quiz. Understand what your entrepreneur type is. Then understand what your motive is. Are you doing it for money? Are you doing it to create an impact? So like a nonprofit where you really want to uh, serve the less fortunate or those that are in need? Is there a specific purpose for why you're creating your business? Do you just want to be, do you want that sense of freedom that most entrepreneurs need? Figure out what's your motive for creating your business. The last thing that I wanted to share with you guys is build a business off your skills and your experience, not just your passion. Let me explain. So yes, I'm passionate about my business. I'm passionate about helping other entrepreneurs. I am very passionate about helping you get the results that you came to me to achieve. I'm very passionate about those things, right? But I'm I'm so passionate about it because I've become attached to my business. I've become attached to my client's success. Think about a different passion. So I'm also passionate about music. I do not need to be a freaking musician. Not only am I monotone in my own business, so sometimes I love podcasting, but I definitely have areas I have to improve on because I'm very monotone, meaning that you can't really hear the inflection in my voice. Sometimes when I'm smiling, you can't you can't hear that. You can't hear that I'm actually happy and being goofy because I'm very monotone. Furthermore, I can't hold a note to save my life. So just because I'm passionate about music, I love music, don't mean that I need to build a business around that. That's not my area of expertise. I don't have any experience other than listening to music. Okay, so being passionate about something is not good enough to build a business around it. For instance, my husband, my husband really, 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 really likes to gamble. He really loves like adrenaline, right? Now, he should not build 
any type of business around those things just because he loves it. So you really want to take out your passion for a minute when deciding what to go into business for. Think about what skills you have that you could actually teach to someone else. What experience can you share that would help people get to their ultimate goal or that will prevent them from making some of those same mistakes along their journey? This is what you should build a business on. How can you get somebody from where they are to where they want to be by leveraging your specific skills, your gift, your experience? How can you combine the two? And a lot of times when we're good at something or when it's our story, our experience, we actually downplay the benefit that it would have to someone else. I know I do. I do. And I did. You know, it's an ongoing battle for me because of how much research and how much data I've looked at, how many books I've read, certain things that I know, I take for granted that other people may not know, even when it comes to starting a business. You know, we started my husband's business three years ago. We started my business um, a little over a year ago. I helped a few, uh, several other people start their businesses. So the starting process, the legal process, you know, how do you figure out if you're an LLC or what's an LLC versus a sole proprietor? Okay, now what's C-Corp and S-Corp? Like those things, a lot of people don't know. And I take that for granted because I've done that process several times. I've looked into that information. We pay our taxes. And so don't take for granted your experience. Even when it comes to project management, I found a way to take my project management skills and the processes and include that into being a business strategist and include that structure into helping people build their business. Because in project management, I know that it works. I know that process works when you take this big freaking study or this big project, and then you break it down into milestones And then you have somebody check in to make sure that that stays on track. So what experience do you have? What skills have you mastered? And even go as far as ask ask your close family and friends. Ask them, when you think about me, when you think about asking me for help specifically, what do you come to me for? Do you come to me for parenting advice? Do you come to me for marriage advice or relationship advice? Do you think that um, I'm great when it comes to business? Do you come to me for fitness? Figure out what your family and friends are coming to you for or what they think that you're great at. Typically, the people close to us have a different perspective of who we are in ways that we take for granted because we are that person, right? So for instance, um, I know one of the things about me is I have, I'll give you two different perspectives. One of my friends tell me all the time that they'll reach out to me for my, for me, um, cause of my optimism. They're like, you're very optimistic. You always see the glasses half full. Um, I just need that perspective because I want to retaliate And I'm like, but is that going to make the situation worse? I get that it's an ego thing, right? Like, I don't want to feel like someone got over on me, but sometimes taking the higher route will benefit you more later on. But on the flip side, I have friends that tell me that they come to me for business and family advice. 
So taking that into consideration, because it's one thing for how we feel about ourselves, right? But then it's another thing for how people perceive us and what they think is great. And it's important to take those two in consideration because you want to act in your area of of genius. You want to build a business that you are going to be happy working in and happy working on. But you also want to do something that's going to leave an impact to someone else because value is based off of how your customers perceive it. So if you're giving something just because you like it, you're selling something and offering something just because you like it, and it makes you feel good to do that, but nobody else finds value in it, then you're not going to turn over enough of a profit. You have to think about how your customer and your targeted audience is going to perceive your offer, your product and or your service. That's very, very important. And I found the best way to start that research that won't cost you any money is literally go to the people that's surrounding you. Ask them, what do they think your biggest strength is? What do you ask me for help on? What would you consider my weakness? All of those things combined would be a absolute fantastic way of really being able to understand you. So let's just do a a quick recap. Building a business around your entrepreneurial type. First, you want to actually figure out what your type is. And typically you can do this by just figuring out what your strengths and weaknesses are. Now, you can click on the link in that description and go and take our quiz. That'll tell you if you're a doer, an analyzer, a dreamer, or creator. And then it'll also let you know what your strengths and weaknesses are as well. That's a great a great place to start. Um, then you want to figure out what your motive is. Why did you want to start and build your own business in the first place? Not necessarily what's your why, but what are you looking to get out of being an entrepreneur and being a small business owner. Then I want you to really focus and take passion out of it and focus on what skills have you mastered and what experience can you share that would help other people reach their goals and in turn help you create a profit and turn over a profit. Lastly, reach out to your close family and friends to figure out what they think your, um, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and why do they come to you for help over anyone else? If you do those things prior to actually trying to create your systems, before you create your organizational chart, before you actually try to hire and delegate, before you do any of those things, if you figure this out, I'm telling you, you will be able to create a better business structure and you will be able to hire the right people that is going to help scale the business to where it's going, where you're trying to get it. My last and final thought for this episode is just because you do not like to do something don't mean you don't have to do it. I cannot emphasize that enough. So even when it comes to hiring people, Right. Like even when you hire someone and you're like, okay, I'm going to delegate everything I don't want to do to this person. Honestly, that may not benefit the business the way you think that it is, because, for instance, let's say if I don't like the idea of figuring out where the company is going, 
I can't really delegate that to someone else as the CEO of this business. That's legit my job. So instead of delegating things out to people that you know is ultimately your responsibility, you have to continue to educate yourself, get mentors, get coaches that is going to help you fulfill that role in 100% um, conquer that responsibility. There are certain things as a CEO and as a business owner, you cannot delegate out. To build a company, you can't just do the things you like to do. You must do the things your company needs you to do. And you have to understand the difference. All right, you guys. So that's the end of this episode. I know that one was a little bit heavier in some areas, but I just know that it's so very important for you to understand and build a business around your entrepreneurial type, to build it around your skills and experiences, and then ultimately to delegate and to hire out um, some of the other roles. So I hope this was beneficial. Um, Make sure you guys leave us a comment. If you're not already, make sure you join our Facebook group, um, Building Your Business with Amber McIntyre, and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.